There is this popular joke or meme in the U.S. that refers to this major chain store target that if you go inside, you experience what's called a shopping blackout. You know, you go in to buy rolls of toilet paper and you walk out with ridiculous items like a dinosaur flower pot or a Lego keychain you never thought you needed until right now. There's shopping sprees and then there are shopping sprees. Sometimes it can turn into a problem. I actually started working in a clothing store. That's when things got a little bit crazy because I was then spending my paychecks before I got them. So I would go to work and I would pick out outfits and buy them at the end of my shift. And then when I would get my paycheck, it would be like $10 because I had already spent the entire thing. So it was like, what am I here for? Why am I working this part-time job while I'm in school if I'm not even going to see the financial reward of this? I quit about three months later because I was like, it just doesn't seem worth it for me. That didn't change my habits, though. It just reduced the amount of time I had to shop. That's Alyssa and her describing her then full-fledged shopping addiction to clothes. She would buy a new outfit every Friday to go out with friends. There's no special occasion. She simply didn't have a desire to be caught on camera twice with the same outfit. She went to cheap stores to buy her clothes, so it's okay, right? Not exactly. She ended up in debt and had to change her lifestyle fairly dramatically in order to pay the debt off. The question is, how did her shopping addiction debt payoff journey teach her about herself and most importantly, her desire to please others? Welcome to Beyond the Dollar with me, Sarah Lee Kane, a show where we have deep and honest conversations about how money affects our well-being. Alyssa Davies, founder of Mixed Up Money, shares her experience of being addicted to clothes shopping in her early 20s. She goes into how she knew became a problem, the emotional triggers leading her to spend all that money, and what she does now to ensure she has balance and trust when spending money. All right, get ready, grab a seat, and let's go beyond the doll. to pinpoint when it started because when I look back at my shopping habits and all of that, it obviously started when I was really young. I used to go shopping with my sister and my mom all the time. That was like our thing that we did to bond together. It was a thing that we did to reward ourselves for anything. Like if we ever had something successful happen, it was like, oh, let's go shopping at the mall. Or it was just an easy thing to do because we all enjoyed doing it together. So I just always kind of viewed it as like that was what I would do when I was needing a pick-me-up or needed something to cheer me up. So when I moved out and started going to school and started experiencing life on my own, that was what I did all the time to like keep myself happy, keep myself excited, be like, I made it through another week. And <laughs> and slowly it was just like every week I was like, oh, it's Friday again. Might as well go to the mall. So in my early 20s is when it definitely when it started to get a little bit more intense and less about enjoying shopping and more about I was just shopping just to shop and there was no intent behind why I was doing that. What were the things that you were buying? I would go to the mall every Friday. So I would specifically buy an outfit to go out with my friends, go out drinking, go out to the bar. I refused to be photographed in the same thing twice, which is such a weird mindset that I had. And I think a lot of people do that. They think that because there's a new event, they should buy a new dress or buy a new outfit because I've already been in a picture. At that point in my life, it was just ridiculous because I was going out so frequently. We were taking photos every time we went out. So I was just buying new outfits constantly. And so was this something that you just did? Like, was it a 
habit? Was it something you consciously chose to do? Or it was just like, oh, this is what happens every Friday, or this is what happens when I'm feeling this way? It started out as just something to do for fun, but then it became, yeah, it just became like a habit. I thought it was more important to be fashionable than pay my bills when I was in my 20s. And at one point I had over 40 pairs of jeans and I had so many t-shirts and dresses. I had never even worn some of them. So many things actually still had the tags on them. I would just buy them, put them away. I wouldn't even try on clothes. I would just buy them. Like I said, there was no purpose or reason behind it. It felt like something I had to do because I had just gotten into this habit. I think you and I both know this. And I think listeners who've been longtime listeners of Beyond the Dollar will probably understand this is that spending triggers really come from this emotional need that we need to satisfy. I mean, you can probably think about this in hindsight. When you were in the midst of this shopping addiction, like how did it feel to just go and be like, all right, I'm going to grab this shirt or this pair of jeans and then swipe my credit card or debit card or whatever it is and then go home with it? Yeah, that's absolutely it. You nailed it. Like I now realize how emotional it really was. I've spent a lot of time reflecting on why I used to shop and why I used to buy clothes so often. It was for my self-esteem. It was kind of like a pick-me-up if I wasn't feeling great about myself, which what 20-year-old is that confident? I had no confidence at the time. It felt like a sense of accomplishment, like if I can afford to buy this, which I couldn't because I was just putting it on my credit card. But it was like if other people think that I can afford new clothes all the time, then it must mean that I'm an accomplished person. It was also about gaining some kind of acceptance from my friends and the people in my life at the time. It made me feel a sense of belonging too, because it was something I could do with any of my girlfriends at any time. And it just felt like it was an easy way to hang out with people and connect with people. Can you recall maybe one of your biggest shopping sprees and how much was it and how did that make you feel? I don't have any specific ones. I always went to cheaper stores so that I could buy as much stuff as possible. So it was never good quality things. I always went to Forever 21. I probably would spend three, $400 each time I went, which is ridiculous at a store like that because everything was like $10, $15. I couldn't control it. Even the friends that I would go with, they're like, really? You're buying all that stuff? It didn't make sense, but I just did it. Walk me through, when your friends would tell you this, what was your initial reaction to that? I kind of thought that they were being silly. I think because we grew up with this mindset of abundance and it was okay to have a lot of things and it was okay to enjoy your money and treat yourself and all of that kind of stuff. I talk about that with people all the time, like how your upbringing totally seeps into your adult life and how you view money. That is truly what I thought money was supposed to be. I thought it was purely to be enjoyed. I didn't realize that there was any sort of need to save. I didn't realize that there was any kind of future that I would have to prepare for. I thought that that was, I'll just worry about that later. So I should be enjoying this money as I can. How many credit cards did you have at that time? I started with one credit card when I was 18. I remember going back and looking at that credit card. I think I'd spent over $2,000 on clothing the first year that I had that credit card. And then it just kind of progressed. I got one more credit card when I moved out on my own and both of them were always maxed. Like I would just pay off the minimum balance and a little bit enough just to get through that next weekend or get some groceries and then get through that next weekend. So how long between noticing those tiny paychecks to when you actually decided, okay, I might want to do something about this? Yeah, I quit about three months later because I was like, it just doesn't seem worth it for me. It wasn't a great environment to begin with. So then when I was like, there's no money in it at all, I need to get out of here. That didn't change my habits though. It just reduced the amount of 
time I had to shop, I guess. I didn't really change anything with my clothing shopping until I started to repay my debt. Walk me through that. You see your credit card statements and you're repaying it. I think assuming this time you're still just making your minimum payments. So I started to work at a credit counseling organization. At that time, I had to sit in on some training with clients that they had. And all of the clients were sharing their debt loads and asking for guidance with what can I do with this? Where do I start? And all of that kind of stuff. And I was sitting there and I'm thinking, okay, I can relate to this person. And I'm like, this doesn't seem healthy. And if they need this much help, then what's my situation like? Because I've never actually taken a look at my debt. So that night I went home and I looked and I calculated up all of my debt and I realized how out of control it had gotten. So I started Googling how to pay off debt. You know, like that's what everyone I feel like would do as soon as you realize, like, okay, this is kind of becoming an issue. I found a lot of personal finance blogs and I was like, these are like online diaries. People are willing to share their experiences. I feel like it's a community I can actually relate to. It took me about a week and I just straight up cut myself off from the mall for an entire year. That felt like the only thing I could do to control myself at the time. Are you willing to share how much debt you were in at that time? I had $15,000 of consumer debt. And then I also had student loans on top of that. Right. And so that $15,000 was mostly clothing or all of it was clothing? I would say like more than 50% of it was clothing. Why did you think that was the only solution was like, I'm going to cut myself off from the mall? I just thought like, I'm not the type of person that can slowly ease out of things. It's more of a cut and dry decision. It's easier to just say, you can't have this at all at the beginning, rather than saying you can have a little bit here and there, which it's different for everyone. But for me, it's more like I just need to make a decision and I have to stick with it and move with it. And it worked for me. It was like really hard on my friendships, actually, because I had to just completely tell them I can't spend money on any of these things that we used to do together. That was the hardest part of it. Otherwise, it was easier for me to completely avoid the malls and avoid shopping than it was to pretend I was okay going there and not buying anything because I knew I wouldn't be able to control myself. So friends aside, which I do want to get back to, did it ever feel tempting to be like, oh, it's Friday. I'm not shopping. Every weekend was a little bit different. I had to change my entire lifestyle. That was the point too. And I decided to throw myself into other things that I found to be more helpful and and more healthy at the time. I was working full time and I had sports. Instead of spending my weekends going out or going to the mall, I would just do things with those friend groups instead because they didn't care about that stuff. We already had other things in common. Replacing shopping with other activities, was that when you started really thinking about the behavior behind the shopping or the emotional need that you were trying to fill by the shopping? Yeah. And and I'm still learning. I talk about this a lot is I don't know if I'll ever fully be able to shop without wanting to buy things that I don't need. Like I'm still learning how to figure out what intentional clothing shopping is. Like what does this piece of clothing serve? What purpose does this have in my wardrobe? It's a constant battle in my mind of, I want to have fun and buy things that (laughs) I don't necessarily need because this looks like a cute outfit, but it's just something I'm constantly working on. What are some of the questions that you ask yourself as you're trying to figure that out? Those things that I used to shop for, if any of those things factor in, it's an automatic red flag for me. There's no need to purchase. There's two things that I consider. It's just is this essential? Is this a necessity purchase? Or is this for my own happiness? 
not an external source. Like I shouldn't be looking for validation from anyone else when I buy this piece of clothing. It should just be to make me happy or because I need it. So moving back to friendships, this is a common thing I hear from many people is that when you make a change that has to do with your finances, A, your lifestyle change, which we kind of covered, but B, it's really your circle of friends. So talk to me about the more specific conversations that you had with those friends that enjoyed shopping as a hobby. Yeah, strangely enough, you would think it would be really easy to talk about money with people that are super close to you, but it's actually easier, I find, to talk about money with complete strangers that don't have any kind of lean in on what you do with your life. So the conversations were never really about money. It was just more like, I can't do this. Excuse, excuse, excuse. It's easier for me to be busy than it is for me to actually explain why I can't hang out and that it's because I have a lot of debt. Also, because a lot of my friends at the time also had debt. They also had student loans. They also had consumer debt. And so to them, they couldn't really comprehend like why I was making such a big deal out of it because they didn't seem to look at it the same way that I did. Do you feel like it would have been almost an affront to them if you had been more open about your financial situation? Now, knowing what I know now and and how much people love talking about money with me now that I'm open about it. Yes, like absolutely. If I was more open and honest and transparent about my financial situation, which I was to an extent, but not nearly as open as I was with strangers on the internet, then I think it would have changed things for sure. Talk to me about some of these friendships, like what eventually happened as you just kept saying no to shopping trips or things that that you usually do with them. Fortunately, I'm still friends with all of the same people. They completely understood after I finally coughed up the fact that this was a big deal to me. <laughs> and for you know this reason, I'm talking about what I wanted for my future. And they were willing to change things in our friendship so that we could still spend time together. So instead of going out, it would be more we stay in, we hang out, watch movies, we don't go out for dinner, we make dinner together. Just small things that don't seem like a big deal, but they kind of are when those are the things that you have in common with someone. Yeah. And how long did it take for you to finally fess up, I guess, in your words that this was a big deal to you? I would say probably halfway through my debt repayment because I also changed a lot of things in my day-to-day life. I had to move into a different place so that my rent was lower so I could put more money towards my debt. I changed a lot of stuff in my life in a big way. So I couldn't not tell people. They were like, why are you doing all of this stuff? (laughs) Seems a little extreme. (laughs) Yeah. Moving apartments is is kind of a Fairly big deal, I think, when when you're in your 20s, right? (laughs) What were some of these other changes that you made? Well, that was one of the big ones is I was paying like closer to $1,000 a month for rent. And I actually moved into a place with a ton of roommates so that I could pay $200 a month, which was like a massive, massive deal because I was able to put any of that extra money that I had towards my debt. The spending freeze in the mall was the main one. And the other ones were just like I started negotiating bills, interest on my credit cards and all of those kinds of things to significantly increase the amount of money I had available to put towards my debt. I was still doing the things that I love that I could afford to do, which I always in my life have prioritized hobbies, which is sports. And then everything else was kind of just like, this can wait. I can wait because I'm getting closer and closer to being debt-free. And then I'm going to be able to enjoy all of these things again, but on my terms. Do you feel like that kind of all or nothing personality that you have really helped keep you motivated? And I'm asking this because I think for many people, it's a struggle. They might, I guess, lack a better term, like relapse and go back to the mall or something like that. Definitely. And like I, through that whole year, 
I had made a promise to myself that once I had paid off my debt, I would let myself buy one thing. And so that was what kind of kept me going, which at the end of it all, when I did finally pay it back and go into the mall, I felt extremely uncomfortable. And then it was like the flip side of things where it was hard for me to buy things for the next couple of years because I didn't want to spend money now because I was worried that it was just going to snowball into what I was doing before. So it was like going from all in, always spending money, never worrying about it to constantly worrying about, can I afford this? Should I be spending money on this? So now my thing is balance is like the utmost importance when it comes to my money. I need to be able to give myself some leeway and know when to pull back. That's a great point about being scared of spending money. That's quite common with a lot of people. So I do want to go back to that, but I am very curious. What was the first thing you bought when you were debt free? <laughs> yeah. So I had to stick with the money theme. I actually purchased a very nice wallet. I still have it. It's a Michael Kors wallet and I have not purchased a new wallet since because I have such an emotional attachment to it. It was on sale, of course. I went (laughs) on Boxing Day, which is like Black Friday kind of in Canada. I bought it and it was the best feeling ever. And I left with one thing, which I have never done in a mall. And yeah, it's my favorite thing probably I've ever bought actually. That's awesome. It's like it represents the, the work that you did basically to get to where you are. Yeah, exactly. Before we go back to talking about after you were debt-free, I want to go back to the progression in terms of maybe your confidence or your mindset as you were paying down this debt. I know you mentioned like after you were debt-free, you were uncomfortable with spending money, but walk me through as you're paying this down, you're changing the way you're hanging out with your friends and even avoiding the mall. Did you feel a bit more confident or like what other things were coming up for you? For me, it was just relearning what I actually enjoyed in my life because I think when I was spending money, I lost the joy of what it was like to actually earn money and spend it on things you love and not having to worry about paying for it later. I had always done the reward first, worry about it later. And now I was actually doing it like, let's work for this and then reward ourselves. It was like switching my mindset in that sense. The one thing that changed my mind and still I think about all the time is I listened to one of Oprah's podcasts, like her super soul ones, I think they were called. It had Gretchen Rubin on it. She wrote a book about her personal rules in life to make things more joyful or to confirm what in your life makes you happy. And she talked about how she used to spend so much of her time doing things that made other people happy that she thought because other people were happy doing those things that she should be happy doing them. And she used music as her example. Like she saw how music made other people so happy and she always wished that it would make her that happy. That was like a light bulb moment for me where I realized I was trying so desperately to fall in love with fashion and style and clothing for so long because I saw all of my friends and other people in my life enjoying it. But I actually don't even like clothes. I don't like shopping anymore. I just don't enjoy trying to put outfits together. And I'm like, I can't believe I spent so much of my time trying to fall in love with something that I never actually enjoyed. Wow. So it was like the shopping was almost like people pleasing behavior in a way. Yeah, 100%. It had nothing to do with me. It really didn't. I didn't get any joy out of it. The joy for me was other people thinking that I was cool for buying new clothing or for being trendy. That's a really powerful insight. And how long did it take for you to figure that one out? A long time. (laughs) (laughs) Way more time than I wish because now knowing what I know, 
it's more like I'm still battling. Do I need this or is this for someone else? Like I said to you earlier, but it's more like now I'm okay. Well, my style is neutral and comfortable, which doesn't scream fashionista at all. (laughs) So it's okay for me to lean into that. And I found that really difficult for a long time because obviously we all want other people to think we're what they would want, you know? (laughs) So going back to those uncomfortable feelings, when you were initially debt-free, like you were scared to go shopping, it sounded like maybe you didn't trust yourself to have that back. Walk me through the first few shopping trips and what are some of the things to work towards a healthier balance? Yeah, the first few shopping trips past the wallet, I didn't buy anything. I don't think I bought anything for a long time. It felt like I was still on a spending freeze because I was like, at that point, I was like, well, I've made it a whole year without buying anything new. Do I really need anything new? Until the point where it was like, okay, well, all of my socks have holes in them. My dad's making fun of me because my clothes are all ripped. And maybe I do need new things now. And that was a weird feeling for me thinking I've never had to worry about that before because I always had a million options for clothing. I also was just like purging clothes all the time, getting rid of things that I didn't need. So I just went on the opposite. And maybe that is that like cut and dry personality. (laughs) It's like taking things away too far in one direction or another. Walk first clothing purchase you made now that you realize, hey, like I have holes in my clothes. That would have been when I started my first job out of university. It was for work. It was easier for me because I knew I needed one nice pair of pants and one nice sweater. But even then, I picked the cheaper options, which I wouldn't do anymore because I know that I'll just end up spending more money later down the line because those things don't last as long. But it was always about for me finding a sale or finding the cheapest possible option because that made sense for me financially at the time. And this is something I'm also very curious about. Like, What was the last purchase that you didn't need, but it was for you? Oh, well, that was just this week. (laughs) Mm, Okay. I was just talking about this on Instagram is I still am very aware that I'm an emotional spender. I think we all are. I have a book and it's all about tracking your expenses based on how you feel. That is something I always do. I'm like, how am I feeling today? And then I go through all of my expenses that day and I'm like, okay, well, I was feeling anxious. So I spent money because it felt like that was the one thing I had control over. Yeah. So I purchased a birthday outfit for me and my daughter for her birthday. (laughs) But It was a fun purchase and I'm really happy with it because it made me happy. I know it's going to make her happy. It was just something, again, like I felt like I was in control and I can do this and I have the money for this, which is such a nice feeling that I am continually grateful for. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So one final question is, if you can tell your past self one thing about this entire journey you've been on with the shopping addiction and getting out of debt, what would it be? I think I would just say, because I talk about this a lot too, is I don't know if I regret any of the things that I did because I don't think I would understand money the way that I understand money now. And I don't think I would have the emotional capacity to manage money the way that I do now. So I would say it's okay to do these things because you're young and you're experiencing things for the first time. But you also need to acknowledge that most of these behaviors aren't actually for you and learn what it means to take control of your money for yourself and for your future self, not just for what's happening today, what's happening tomorrow, and the people that are currently in your life. Thank you so much for my guest, Alyssa, for coming on the show. You can find her work at mixedupmoney.com 
or if you're on Instagram, I highly recommend her Instagram account at Mixed Up Money. Just awesome graphics and advice you can find on there. Her book is also called The 100 Day Financial Goal Journal, and you can get that wherever you buy books. And thank you to you for listening to Beyond the Dollar. If you like what you heard, please share with a friend. It'll help share the mission of what we're trying to do around here, which is to have more deep and honest conversations about how money affects our well-being. Tag them on Instagram on one of my posts at Beyond the Dollar. Send them a link, whatever you want to do to spread the mission of what we're doing here. Again, thank you so much for listening to Beyond the Dollar, and I'll catch you on the next episode where I distill some takeaways from my conversation with Alyssa and some questions that you can ask yourself to get on the way to being better with emotional spending. By the way, thank you to Donovan Durant for providing this awesome theme song. 